Welcome to OB Boss Babes, where we showcase female entrepreneurs, working professionals, community builders, and local makers and creators. Our podcast is all about babe supporting babes, learning about community builders, and of course, female empowerment. Get inspired to the only podcast in the Ottawa Valley that showcases local babes in our community and join our tribe of boss babes where everyone is welcome. Downtown Carlton Place is open for business. We may be under construction, but there is lots to see. Lots to see for you, lots to see for your family. We have patios, we have boutiques, we have restaurants, we have ice cream, we have gelato, we have a pump track, we have awesome places to hang out. We may be under construction, but don't forget about us because we haven't forgot about you. So make sure you visit Downtown Carlton Place this summer. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OV Boss Babes podcast. Apparently, this place makes the best scones, the freshest coffee, and is a go-to for locals on Saturday and Sunday mornings for breakfast. The owner originally worked as a pastry chef before starting a catering business with a friend, setting up booths at farmer's markets before realizing that she was in need of commercial kitchen space to take her catering requests to the next level. This boss babe and her staff are also committed to eco-friendly practices, offering green discounts to customers that bring in their own takeout containers and travel mugs, and was the recipient of the Carlton Place Chamber of Commerce's Green Business of the Year Award in 2019. Please welcome Petra Graver from Good Food Co. in Carlton Place. Hi. Hi, Petra. How are you doing today? Oh, very well. Thank you. So Petra, tell me a little bit about yourself. I want to get to know you more. So what did you originally go to school for and how did you wind up in Carleton Place? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I grew up in Prince George, BC. Um, my parents and I moved out there in 1973 um, from the Ottawa area. And uh, anyway, I always wanted to get the heck out of there because <laughs> it was such a an isolated um I, I found very boring place when I was a teenager. So I wanted to get some culture. So um, I always wanted to travel the world. And my, um, my mom was back in Ottawa. So I decided to stop here for a while and visit. And then um, I, I met, I met this boy and <laughs> he was from Carlton place. And so I ended up sticking around. Um, and then, yeah, I, I um, started off studying microbiology um, I'm very interested in sciences and viruses, by the way, um, and found it very interesting, but I didn't think I wanted to stay in school long enough to get my PhD because um, you have to really commit to something like that. So I thought, no, I don't want to put that much effort into it. So I <laughs> started working for some small businesses in Ottawa, um, including um, a pastry chef for about six months, um, building inspector, construction company, and somehow through all of that, I decided I wanted to open my own business. So um, I didn't know what that would be, uh, except I always loved eating. My dad was an excellent cook and food was very, very important in my family. We just always spent a lot of money on food, even though we didn't spend it on other things. So, um, and yeah, I just started cooking and uh, a couple of people said, you should really start to cater because you're, you're such a good cook. And, and um, so a friend of mine and I started to do that. And, and then we decided we needed a commercial kitchen um, and she got pregnant. So she was out <laughs> because, you know, you have to choose your family over business. Definitely. Um, 
so then I, uh, yeah, I found this space on the main street um, and it went from there. So before opening up Good Food Co, you were at farmer's markets and you were in business with your girlfriend, but when were you actually ready, Petra, to be like, okay, I'm going all in? Because other than the influence of friends and family telling you, hey, you should really take this to the next level, you know, maybe not make it just as a hobby anymore. Because for the longest time, I thought that entrepreneurs, like it was in their family that their parents were entrepreneurs or they had a bunch of friends. But now that I've been talking to entrepreneurs for the past two years, I find that that's actually never the case. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's it's a very high risk thing to do, and not a lot of people want to take risks like that. It's um it's it's very scary. Um, well, I you know what it was. I I didn't want to work with anybody. <laughs> now that I think back, um, I wanted to be my own boss. Um, there you go, boss babes. I I actually didn't want to manage anybody. I I wanted to have my own business that would be you know, just this quiet thing where I'd be working in the back and not have to deal with too many people, including staff. And uh, I don't know, something happened and I ended up making some strange choices to get <laughs> to a rest, full service restaurant. Um, but yeah, my family thought I was nuts, actually. They couldn't believe I was doing this. Um, one of the reasons I was 27, um, I thought, you know, that now or never, um, this is the time to do it because I was young and energetic and I didn't have anything to lose. I was, I didn't own anything. I didn't have a house. I didn't have kids. didn't even have a dog. So <laughs> I figured if any time to take a risk in your life, then maybe do it at that stage so that, you know, you're probably not going to lose too much if it doesn't work out. So honestly, that's what it was. <laughs> I love when you said that, you know, you wanted to get into this industry to work in the back and not have to really like deal or work with people and yet you're probably front and center dealing with customers and people all the time yeah yeah if you can believe it, i used to be quite shy and introverted i i liked observing people um but i i just wanted to be responsible for all the good and the bad just for myself and not be responsible for anybody else and um yeah so it was supposed to be a catering kitchen and then you know if customers came in i sell them stuff out of the fridge but but what happened in 1997 there were kind of bars and diners in Carlton Place and I thought well from a customer point of view I would love to go out and have a cappuccino and a nice appetizer or something that that wasn't available so I thought well there's all these people commuting from Carlton Place into Ottawa to go to these things well why don't I provide some city kind of urban bistro feel out here and um and so I applied for my liquor license and I was serving dinners and all this stuff. And, and the first day I opened, it was a Saturday. I, I looked out and I thought, what did I just do to myself? <laughs> this was not my intent at all, but it was from a customer point of view, what I would want if I went out. But then you, then you realize, oh my gosh, I actually have to provide this. And this means that I can't go out for it anymore because I'm the one that's open <laughs> during the times that's I want right. to dinner. Anyway, it was, it was a very odd thing. Um, and it, and it was, it was a shock. It was a, a real shock to me psychologically to have to completely alter how I, um, communicated with people. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was um, a very steep learning curve. Definitely takes you out of your comfort zone for sure. And it's funny because so many business owners that I even approach to come on the podcast, I don't hear from them for a few days and then they'll be like, okay, I, I had to think about this. I gave myself a pep talk. I'm going all in. And I'm like, you take the biggest risk by opening up a business. Like th this is easy. 
this is easy to me that you could do, but uh, no, I mean, it's a, it's a great first step. And I mean, to be able to see the response to Petra, it must've just been such a gratifying feeling for you too. And, and especially now to look back as you've now have been in business for 25 years. Yes. Yeah. Um, things are different now than they were then though. I have to say people didn't spend nearly as much of their income on going out. It was mm -hmm. kind of still a rare event. Um, it was before it was it was normal to be you know taking out lines of credit against the equity on your house it was um interest rates were very very high at that point um um there was job scarcity unemployment um i i guess we didn't get what you would think you we got it was it was a very very slow burn it took many many years to get a following um and i'm i'm actually glad that happened because now i see people opening in with social media and such they they get hit and everybody wants to try them and then customers are fickle and they move on to the next spot um that didn't actually happen it was uh was really really slow start um but i'd say it was eight years before i had regulars from carlton place um, so we're talking like 2005, 2006. I, I had people from downtown Ottawa, which was odd. They somehow found us. They were coming out to Mississippi Lake to go to cottages and they drive around town and go, well, that looks cute. People from Carlton Place though, they were scared. They did not want to come in. They, they didn't recognize what I was doing. So it was, it was very odd. I, I kept beating my head against the wall, trying to basically force people to you know, eat what I wanted them to eat. It was, it was so strange. It was a very odd thing. It's, it's hard to believe that now because so many people are eating international food. So many people are looking for these food experiences and that was not the case at the time. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was a really hard slog. So well, just you kind of touching on this, Petra, like I think back to my parents when they would say that going out for a meal was a luxury. And back then too, there were bigger families, you know, there were four or five kids and it was expensive. And yes. you, if you were going out for a meal, it was mostly a dinner. Like people weren't packing up and going out for brunch or, or breakfast with their girlfriends or with their families and stuff. And then you're right. Like we didn't have social media back then. So the only way that you could get the word out about your business was through radio and word of mouth and advertising on the highway with a billboard, which is all still common what we do today. But the impact of social media and I keep hearing about, you know, even TikTok driving traffic to your location, like it's insane. And you're right. When a new business pops up, everybody flocks to it because that's the new trendy, hot thing, place to go, or, or they go back to their staple, their favorite location. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Um, I always had a weird thing with that, too. I mean, people would say, oh, I'm sorry, we went to such and such a place last week instead of here. And I'd always say, well, that's fine. You don't have to. You don't <laughs> we feel like we're cheating. But I mean, I, I feel like it's a mood thing, like where you go and when you want to eat. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been it's been interesting. Um, so I think in some ways, well, no, in a, in a lot of ways that has helped me be more resilient because um, I've been around long enough that I've seen some strange cycles in the economy. And um, yeah, it's uh, it, it helps me not panic quite as much when something serious like COVID happens. <laughs> you kind of just kind of, okay, well, this is a new one. Um, 
all right, what am I going to do with this one? But it's, it's not, it, it would be horrible to be in your first five years of business and have something like that happen. You, you wouldn't even know what to compare it to. So. Well, let's talk about the pandemic, Petra, as much as my listeners and everybody is sick and tired of talking about it. <laughs> how did you pivot as that famous word goes? And uh, like, what practices did you have to change? Cause I mean, I know that I saw that you guys opened up your outdoor patio area and, uh, and you actually had some pretty innovative ideas of what you did with that. Um, yeah, we, ha we had some seating in that we've got an alley beside our little cafe, um, which is owned by my landlord. And I did have uh, about 10 seats out there, although it, it wasn't used often. I, I love it. Um, so uh, we extended that the interlock area and then um, I bought a couple of pergolas and put up some uh, plexiglass roofing with my boyfriend and so that's at least covered for some rain. Um, and then we had a, a pop up patio in the front parking spot, which was great. Um, and uh, we will do that next year again. Um, and that was great advertising actually so people can be driving down the road and kind of see this patio with tables and people eating on it it's it's wonderful it's better than a billboard out front um and yes i had a full service breakfast and lunch place before covid hit um with some takeout fridges some a bit of catering um and then when when covid happened in uh february i thought you know here i am having been in business for about 22 years and being about 50 years old, I thought I can't go back to going into debt again, like I was in my 20s and early 30s, because um, I'm too close to, you know, maybe some sort of semi-retirement and I'll never make the money back. So um, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go back to what my original idea was, which was um, take-home food, um, bit of catering kitchen, more of a casual atmosphere with where you just you know take buy your buy your food at the counter and sit down and eat um so so that's what we did so i actually took all of the seating out for um a couple of years actually i i was one of the few places that did not have seating in and out during covid i decided that was going to be too confusing for everybody so i just completely moved into takeout only um, until last October, so 2021 October, um, I put some seating in, even though I knew that over the winter we'd we'd have issues again. But um, I was afraid that people would forget that we had indoor dining, <laughs> and that we, because I I picked up new customers over over COVID actually that had never been in, and so they they were not even aware that I had indoor dining or full service before. So I I wanted to show people that I was going to be a bit of both. So I did put some seating back in. Um, yeah, so it's really kind of a hybrid of what I had before and what my original idea for the business was. Um, and I, I love it. I feel much more comfortable with it. Um, there's a lot of seasonal aspect to it with the, with the patio. Um, lots of cyclists, lots of cyclists downtown now. Um, so we're, we're picking up new customers that we never had before. Um, and probably some, I know some of my old customers are disappointed because this was their special spot for, you know, birthdays and events and they can't necessarily get in anymore, but I feel like Carlton Place has a lot more to offer that way. So it's not like I have to feel guilty about that, right? Because there's exactly. lots of other wonderful food places that you can go to. 
Well, Petra, I have to tell you, I had actually so much respect for businesses that did not include or open back up their indoor dining. And then um, I'm in Petawawa and there were very, very few businesses that I did see that decided not to open up indoor dining because they wanted to be respectful and inclusive to customers during the whole vaccine passport rollout. Because right, mm-hmm. there was a segregation of people who didn't have passports and couldn't do the indoor dining. If you didn't have your full vaccine passport, then sorry, you were going to be turned away. Now, did that also impact your decision as well? Um, it, it did. And it's partly because of the uh, inconsistencies. You know, like I, again, I, I started off in sciences. I'm still sort of involved in that um, just intellectually. And my, my brother is one of the, the leads on the, uh, the wastewater testing. He's, he's a biochemist with uh, CHEO. And so um, I kind of, I, I have my foot in that stuff. I'm really fascinated by it. So I, I just found it very inconsistent that, you know, you, you could get into a restaurant and then sit in there with your mask off and interact with people. And it was just, I, it didn't make any sense to me. And I know it wasn't making a lot of sense to a lot of people. And we were, we were trying to keep businesses open and <laughs> keep safe. And I mean, it's not possible to do both. And, but I just found it, to tell you the truth, a lot easier to just not have to deal with that and just say, this is, this is what we're doing. No confusion. Um, so yes. Next Petra, I want to talk about the name good food co where did you come up with this simple yet great business name because good food, everyone loves good food. Well, yes. Um, I didn't, I wanted something more fun and unusual and because I was supposed to be a catering kitchen, takeout food store, not, not really a restaurant. I thought good food company, you know, kind of described that it, it wasn't supposed to be a cafe, but it was really just a working title. Um, I could never figure out anything funkier and more interesting. I, I just, so yeah, that was just the name I stuck with. And I, I never, to tell you the truth, I never really liked it. Um, really? No, not at all. Uh, except when, except when occasionally I would have people come in, especially kids, and they'd say, this isn't the good food company. It's the great food company. <laughs> and I thought, you know, maybe that's good advertising because uh, you, you keep people's expectations low and then you impress, <laughs> it's easier to impress them. <laughs> You just say good food. You know, it's not excellent food or great food. It's just good food. You're also <laughs> keeping yourself, you know what, like at bay without putting yourself on a pedestal. You can let the customers do that for you. It's good food. It's <laughs> um, anyway, it was just, it just meant it was good, good, real food. That That's what I meant. It's, it's good food. It's real food. It's, I, I didn't mean it's good for you at all. That's not what I meant. Um, but people thought it was a health food store. Um, so I turned off a lot of customers with the name, a lot of customers. People thought we were, you know, vegetarian, a health food store, like just, yeah. And, and we weren't, <laughs> I mean, I, I've always had some vegetarian items, but, um, I kind of shot myself in the foot with that name to tell you the truth. Um, now I've got on my sign outside, I have cafe hanging off the bottom of it so that people know, Oh, it's a restaurant. <laughs> I thought you were going to say not a healthy, not a health food store. 
<laughs> health choices available. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and then of course it's now so popular. It's everybody uses this good food co or the good food company or the, the good food something. Um, I mean, even a and W it's, you know, good food makes good food. Um, there's a, there's that wonderful food Smiths in Perth, which is, uh, the good food store it's called. They used that before I opened actually. Petra, you um, should like that. tagline this, like the OG <laughs> of the good food. <laughs> oh, oh, we get tons of phone calls now from that good food box or whatever it's called. So they're like, I, you know, I got rid of my subscription and you're still sending me these food, but no, wrong, wrong place. We're still a little cafe in Carlton place and they still don't understand what you're trying to tell them. Anyway, so it's really funny. Um, so it, it's been a bit of a, an issue that name actually, but um, I guess people know who we are. Maybe I hope. Well, I actually wanted to ask you this too. Are you associated with the Good Food Tour in Almont? Because I saw that they have walking tours as well in Carlton Place. Is that you too? Or is that a whole different company? No, completely different company. That's Kathy Reside. She's lovely. I, I think somebody warned her about that. She's in Almont. She came in to introduce herself and said, I'm going to be using this name. Uh, is that okay? And I said, well, yeah, it's not, you know, <laughs> I don't have dibs on it. So, and she actually did bring people to my place for the tour. So I'm sure it confused some, some other people there on the tours as well. Uh, no, she's just promoting local good food places. So we were one of them. But. Well, that's kind of nice though, that you can, you know, go on the good food tour and actually go to the home of the real OG good food co. Thank you. Yes. Oh, that's too funny. Thanks for tuning in to the OV Boss Babes podcast. We're going to hear from our sponsors. Stick around and we'll be right back. Lanark County has a story to tell. As the maple syrup capital of Ontario, this sweet liquid gold is considered part of the very fabric of the community and is celebrated, revered, and loved all year long. In spring, the maple syrup harvest is celebrated at maple sugar bushes and through community events. But the celebration continues into the fall, where the concentration of sugar maple trees creates a dramatic display of fall colors. The maple syrup influence in Lanark County doesn't end there. It's found everywhere, from the Rideau Canal to Canada's Mississippi River, where maple syrup pours from every table and is found in local restaurants, spas, breweries and distilleries, museums, specialty stores, and so much more. From sampling maple taffy on the snow to sleigh rides in the woods, a tour through a unique maple museum, or a traditional delicious pancake breakfast, your Lanark County maple adventure awaits you. Support our local sugar bushes by visiting lanarkcountytourism.com to find a list of producers near you. End of the Leash Pet Boutique is Petawawa's newest and most unique pet boutique. They are women, veteran, and mill spouse owned and operated. End of the Leash provides a high-quality, wholesome, and extremely personal experience for all pet owners in the Ottawa Valley. Conveniently located at 3067 Padawawa Boulevard, find them right behind Gearheads and next door to Peak Hot Yoga. Tina, Jill, and their staff look forward to meeting you and your furry family members. Check out End of the Leash on Facebook and Instagram for special deals, products, treats, and even weekly pet tips. End of the Leash. Putting the pet 
back in Petawawa, one paw at a time. As a Community Futures Development Corporation, Valley Heartland has been on the front lines of change, supporting women entrepreneurs in rural communities for over 30 years. Through business programs, grants, loans, mentoring, training, and events, Valley Heartland has been activating talent, raising awareness, and building capacity for women enterprise in the greater Ottawa Valley region. Led by an all-female staff team, Valley Heartland has a relentless focus on innovation and entrepreneurship to create social and economic value in Lanark County. Visit valleycfdc.com to learn more and follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hey babes, it's your number one gal pal Jennifer from Ashton Gal Pals Women's Network and Community. Join our girl gang for recipes, shop local spotlights, health and wellness tips, and events for gals and kids in Lanark County, Carlton Place, Beckwith, and of course, Ashton. Find us on Facebook and Instagram, and you're listening to the OV Boss Babes Podcast. So I mentioned earlier, Petra, that you guys are going to be celebrating your 25th anniversary this year. So when are you officially celebrating? And now that, you know, we can actually celebrate in person again, what do you have planned? Uh, so the actual date is August 16th, which I believe is a Tuesday this year. Uh, so yeah, August 16th, 1997. Um, I have no idea what I'm doing. Do you have any suggestions? <laughs> Maybe I should ask people to send suggestions in. Um, I don't know if it should be a month long thing or a week long thing, or I guess it should be more than a day. I, you know, every five years I, you know, have a big birthday cake, but I think there should be something bigger than that. So I honestly haven't really thought about it. So I, I do need some, some input. So <laughs> Yeah, get the Hamilton pop-up patio again, maybe get some live music, work with Kate at the at the BIA, see what she can kind of, you know, help plan a fun party or something or like, you know, maybe even get every all the businesses involved to kind of be like, you know, we are celebrating our 25th anniversary, come celebrate with us, have a big like downtown patio party. There we go, Petra. Okay. Wow. Once you That'd put on me, the wheels start turning. Okay. <laughs> Great. Yep. That sounds good to me. Oh, so next I want to talk about your food because Ottawa magazine has quoted that good food co has delicious food simply prepared. But what they forgot to mention is that your bistro also supports local producers and my podcast is all about the business shout outs. So what local products can we all discovered that are featured at your cafe? Oh goodness. Um, quite a few. I've bread from Baker Bob's and Alma. He he actually opened his bakery in April 97, so just a few months before I did. So I've been um, buying our bread products from him ever, ever since. Um, we have local dairy products. Uh, we've got local maple syrup from Stead's Maple Syrup, local honey. Um, I've always bought produce in season as local as possible, which is actually more possible now um, from some of our grocery stores. There's, um, there's a great... Uh, hydroponics like greenhouse um, out of Manatic that supplies peppers and tomatoes all year round. Um, I go to the farmer's market because I used to sell at the farmer's market. Um, one of the things that did um, when I was at the farmer's market with my friend Lori was it educated me on what is available in this area and at what times. Um, 
And I find a lot of customers have no clue about that stuff. So it's, it's really funny that, you know, they're expecting to have, I don't know, local broccoli in January when really it's not out till August. <laughs> so, um, so I, I kind of went nuts at the beginning of this and just in strawberry season, every dessert I had was strawberries and <laughs> it drove everybody crazy. So I try not to go that extreme anymore. Um, but yes, anything that is seasonal, I will go to the, uh, the food stands and, and buy it. Um, what else do we have? I now have in our pantry section, um, we've got Ontario preserves, um, chutneys. Um, there's a tea company out of Toronto. So we've got um, fair trade teas from there, uh, fluid coffee. Um, they've been customers of mine for the whole 25 years. Um, we serve their coffee. Um, boy, on and on. Uh, there's wines, local wines. Uh, we've got Top Shelf um, from Perth and uh, Vodka from Almont. Um, yeah, it's everything I can. I will, <laughs> I will do local because um, I think we have amazing products here. It's just incredible. And I want to know more about your international take-home freezer meals and your pastry fridge that is full of delicious desserts. This is right up my alley. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, the, the pastry fridge, uh, I, I did have a dedicated dessert fridge and then a deli fridge um, when I first opened in 97. And at some point, one of those kicked the bucket. So I combined the desserts and the deli stuff together but then during COVID I because I took seats out I could I had room for the pastry fridge again so uh, we've always made our desserts from scratch um, so over the years I've figured out which ones stay moist in a fridge and um, and travel well so I, I used to get fancier with some stuff with chiffons and and lighter cakes and things but um, I I'm sticking to the tried and true ones that my customers really like so we've got cheesecake we've got mississippi mud cake we've got key lime pie um, there's squares we do ginger cookies chocolate macaroon uh, we've got a vegan gluten-free peanut butter brownie um, i'm trying to think of other things once in a while i make tiramisu um, <laughs> but it's uh we are having people oh carrot cake that's the biggest seller by far we we do a really nice moist carrot cake that has a chai spice cream cheese icing Oh, uh, which is really yeah um so we are i am finding that more and more people are coming in and just buying boxes of mixed desserts which is amazing like i wanted this to happen in 97 and nobody yes. did it now they're finally doing this this is great um i am showcasing mostly the recipes that i used to have when we were open for dinner we were open for dinner for 10 years um and i don't get to play with that stuff anymore so so this is actually letting me go back to some of those old recipes. So, you know, Thai beef curry or um, Hungarian goulash, um, we do uh, all, all sorts of things. Um, chipotle and cheddar chicken, um, you know, vegan stuffed peppers, there's tamale pie, uh, there's appetizers. We have five appetizers right now that are uh, prosciutto, pear and blue cheese. Um, um, there's some Mexican mini stuffed peppers, um, cornbread, all sorts of weird stuff in there. But anyway, so yeah, if you're looking for something different, um, there's there's some other great places in town that are doing amazing, you know, take home dinner items. But I'm trying to be distinctive, um, so that, that's what I've always just driven to do. And um, I I don't know, sometimes that works against me though. So 
<laughs> I, uh, I have to try to simplify. I think that's, I think that's been the biggest uh, lesson for me has been to simplify um, because I have too many interests and uh, too many tastes that I enjoy and I want everybody to try them and like them as well. And, and um, you know, that's not an efficient way to run your business. So I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to do that as, as I uh, get more and more experience. I've been trying to simplify and become more efficient. But people are loving that as an option to be able to go and get something different for dinner, especially people like me, like, yes, I am one of the people that will order a good food box or HelloFresh or Chef's Plate because I'm not, I'm not a cook. I don't like cooking. And I love being able to go to a store and, uh, and be able to, you know, support a local business and get takeout for something that's fresh and different and something that a, I wouldn't cook because before my husband came to live with me and I like he was living out west and he came home and he was like what's on the menu for supper and I'm like shake and bake and he's like the next night what are we having corn on the cob okay like yeah <laughs> you know and so I find that really great to be able to go to a local catering company um or or you know I would love if we were closer and I would be whipping over to good food co and being like okay Petra, what do you have on the menu tonight? What's something that's totally different? And so, um, you know, having that takeout option, I think is, is such a great idea. And uh, when did you, like, when did you officially roll that out? Because it's become more popular throughout the years. It, it has. And, and that's a funny thing. I, I don't know if you've ever been to time and again in Ottawa. Um, my mom used to live down in Westboro and um, time and again was this tiny little, in its original location, this tiny little, it was a a catering kitchen and then a couple of takeout fridges in the front now it's moved locations and it's expanded um but i just thought that was the most wonderful thing because they had you know chicken breasts with a nice sauce on them and 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 desserts and things but it was things that you would bring home to reheat and serve for dinner and that's what my original intent was for this place. So I tried that. I actually, I actually had menus set up ahead of time that was, you know, like this week is Greek week and it would be all like Greek style foods. And so it would be, you know, a chicken, a beef or a pork, a vegetarian, and then a starch and a vegetable to go with it. And people were supposed to, you know, bring this home and heat it up and they didn't know what to do with it. Like Farm Boy wasn't doing that yet. Mm. I mean, this was, you know, it was just, and I was like, hey, and they thought, oh no, I, I want it heated up here and we'll pick it up like, you know, Chinese food or something. So I'm revisiting that now because it is more popular. People do know what to do with it now. So <laughs> I don't have to explain it anymore. So um, yeah, so it's great. I mean, some of these things, it's, it was just way too early to be introducing this, especially in Carlton Place. So um it's just, it's so, it's, it's amazing. I'm like sitting here with my mouth hanging up and going, oh my gosh, people are actually doing what I thought they would be doing 20, 20 years ago. Um, and, and yeah, they're embracing it. Um, and it's actually really heartwarming. I find like, cause I, I love cooking and love eating, but I love eating other people's food. If I get people in who are good cooks and do enjoy cooking and they just want somebody else's cooking for a change, that's my favorite. Is, is when they when they trust us to be doing a good enough job that they would actually put this on their table when normally they're doing their own cooking in there and they're excellent cooks themselves so it's 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 really neat I like that I well, like mixing 
matching is fun, right? <laughs> yeah. And I really love hearing your perception of the evolution of food and restaurants, especially Petra, when you're seeing or having these ideas very early on through your experience as an entrepreneur and then seeing, you know, like everybody else kind of jumping on this bandwagon being like, I wanted to do this years ago, but nobody understood it. And then seeing it grow in its popularity into where it is now. And you, you know, you're a real trailblazer in that regard. You know, it's the only problem was that people just didn't understand the concepts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they understood why that they would want to do that, I guess at the time. Um, people do have more disposable income or they've, they've decided that they have more disposable mm -hmm. income for this kind of thing as well. Cause it, it isn't cheap. It's, it's, you know, it's not cheap to buy these things. Um, it's, it's not cheap to make them. It's uh, that's right. Right. So, I mean, and that actually was always a problem as well was price points. Um, really it's, it's always an issue in this, in this industry, I feel. Um, and especially if you're not providing a complete you know, ready to eat product, um, when it's not hot and ready to go, mm -hmm. it's really hard to figure out what people are willing to pay. So, um, you've got, you've got to find that fine line of making sure that you're covering all of your expenses and making that teeny bit of profit and, um, and not scaring people off too much. So it, it has helped to have more places doing this and, and even charging a certain level because then people don't look at you like you're nuts. <laughs> you know what also, <laughs> that's, this is normal. Okay. Yeah. This is you know what else it is too, though? The pandemic really, really put supporting local into perspective for people and really hitting home the fact that we would rather pay $20 for a pre-made lasagna from our local store than going to a grocery store and paying 1099 for a pre-packaged lasagna. You know what I mean? Like yes. the supporting local initiative trend, whatever you want to call it. We were recognizing that that was something that we actually really had to do. And then I think once people started supporting our local businesses, we started being like, oh my gosh, wait, this is really good. This tastes like mom's homemade lasagna growing up. And I think just having that level of comfort too, and, uh, and supporting our local businesses in this capacity, I think is what we need to keep doing. Oh goodness. I really hope we do continue that. That would, that would be wonderful. Um, cause you know, just the circular economy as, as you know, also I think these things taste better and they're, they are better for you. They're fresher. They don't normally have, you know, the same preservatives as the, the big grocery store stuff. And, and actually there's wonderful things in the grocery stores too. Like I cannot believe the changes in food in the last 25 years, honestly. It's just shocking. I mean, it's wonder. It's good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, even the fact that we can now go down and find like a whole section of gluten-free and vegan products, like, I mean, a whole aisle full versus, you know, just a small little stand of like one box of gluten-free cookies kind of thing. Like, and now we're having more bakers featured in grocery stores too, and more local products are featured versus PC or brand names. Like I just, I love that more and more grocery stores are jumping on that bandwagon too. Definitely. Oh yes. I mean, they're, they're part of the, you know, the food industry as well. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's absolutely great. All right, we're going to take a step away from talking about food and everything, Petra. And I want to talk about your employees because when I did my research, I had found that current and former employees have said that you yourself have created, and I quote, a safe, supportive, and inspiring environment to work in and a space where everyone feels welcomed. 
So I need to know, Petra, how you have created this atmosphere and work environment in an industry that has constant staff turnover and can be a challenge in recruiting and retaining good and long-term staff. Hmm. Well, um, early on, I had to learn how to delegate because uh, you, as much as you want to do everything yourself, you can't. <laughs> so I think I've tried to not be as proprietary in my, in my space as some, some people are in their businesses. Um, even though that's how I started out, I wanted it to be just mine and not have any employees. <laughs> um, but I've, I've veered in the other direction. Um, and a, a friend of this kind of taught me this too. She said, you know, if you actually trust people and give them the freedom to um, be able to be creative and um, I don't know, have, have some say in, in their jobs, it's, it's amazing what can happen. So I've, I've made so many friendships um, and collaborations over the years with my employees. Um, and uh, I've also always kept in mind that this is my business. It's not, it's not their responsibility. Meaning if they have things in their lives that are happening, um, that are important they they have to put those as a priority um i cannot expect them to put this business as a priority because it's not their business mm -hmm. so a, a lot of people make that mistake too they get really offended if i don't know their their employees aren't being loyal or, or aren't willing to do certain things and uh, give up you know family time or something and I, and I think that's it's an odd thing to expect people to do because I mean you you wouldn't do that in that situation either I mean there's you know if you've got a I don't know a, somebody who's sick at home especially a child I mean you're not you're not going to find a babysitter to stay with them so that you can go to work um if it's a serious illness if you just you just can't you can't expect people to do that so there's part of that the, the other thing is um mothers it's it's funny I have found that mums <laughs> are wonderful employees um partly because you know what moms have to get up in the morning no matter what happens <laughs> to take care of their kids so i find they're a lot more resilient and a lot more willing to work tired um depressed um angry <laughs> and just you know put on a good face and just get on with it in the day and that's that's what you need to do in general like I need to do that as a business owner I have to I think of this as my own child um mm -hmm. and and I have found moms have been like my best employees they're just they're they're wonderful and so I've tried to part part of the reason I have the hours I do which is eight to four is um it it kind of works within their schedules with with their kids I've I've worked around that because I cannot believe the things that the moms who work for me have done for me like we we just I don't know we trade off it, it works it's um it's a it's it's really become a, a wonderful comforting I think supportive place to work I can definitely understand and appreciate why your employees have said the things that they have now hearing it hearing it firsthand from you because you're right like you're a mom and the fact that you've adjusted your hours and you've accommodated and you've been understanding nobody understands what it's like 
unless you're a mom. And I talk about it all the time about parents who really had to understand what, you know, what the other partner went through um, during the pandemic. Moms were really buckling over backwards to make sure that everybody was taken care of, putting their needs last, you know, like self-care for moms was out the window during the pandemic as we were working from home or still going to work and juggling daycare, trying to find daycare when there was none because everything was closed, trying to still bring an income and put food on the table. And what were we doing when we couldn't run our kids to appointments because it wasn't considered essential care, like things like that. And so the word resilient of moms and business owners cannot be truer words spoken. And Petra, I just, I'm here for all of that. You wrapped it up perfectly. I, I love them. They're, they're wonderful. Um, yeah, we, we support each other, I guess, or try to. Um, yeah, actually, when the pandemic hit, one of the first things I said is women are going to be put back to the 1950s by this, you know, unfortunately, because what are you going to choose? Of course, you're going to choose your children. I mean, goodness sakes, I, I would never have opened this business with kids, honestly. You, you cannot compromise when you're a parent it just doesn't work so in order to make a business really work like to stick to it to commit to it you you can't be pulled in both directions it just Mm -hmm. now I understand how you know families used to live above their restaurant and like just work together because that's the only way you see each other also it's cheap labor but you know (laughs) no but honestly you you have to be a family together in in a small business otherwise you will never see each other you'll never spend any time together so um yeah I, I if I if I wanted kids and I had decided as a teenager because I babysat a lot that I didn't need to have any kids I I I would not have opened a business because I I just feel like um time with your kids is more important than anything so it is it's so true Petra, if you had any advice for someone wanting to venture down their own entrepreneurial path to open a business, whether it be a cafe, a restaurant, or a coffee shop, what are some life lessons in the past 25 years of owning your own cafe that you've learned along the way? And I'm sure that there are so many that you can provide to my listeners. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Well, this is from a psychology point of view, I feel like a lot of what what we do in life is about our own image and our own ego. So um, I have self-analyzed a lot (laughs) over the years and thought back to all the crazy things that I did. I used to do full service catering offsite. You know, I had dinners, I had live music. I, it was, it was everything. And looking back, I'm not exactly sure how I got through all that, but I think like, why did I do that stuff? And I, I think really it's about ego. It's, you know, is it showing off? Is it, I don't know. It's, you know, you want to impress people. You want to, uh, this is, this is actually the entertainment industry, really being in the restaurant industry. I wanted people to love my place. I wanted them to enjoy being in the atmosphere and, and feel, feel welcome and enjoy the food. And, and, but what is, what is that about? I guess, I guess that's, a, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, you're trying to impress people, I guess. I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, anyway, so I've looked a lot at that. Um, there's, you have to decide whether you want to make money or whether you want to enjoy your work. Um, and I want to do enjoyment work. 
However, you still have to be able to pay your bills. Happy <laughs> 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 medium. Um, and, and that's really hard to find. Um, so I, I think you have to be ready to alter what you thought you knew. That's for sure. I've, I've, I've learned every day of being open. There's been something. I mean, you, I guess you experience, the more experience you have, the more years you've been in business, the less that's happening. I mean, I think you're still coming across the same problems, but you, you maybe have learned how to attack them. <laughs> um, pick your battles. That's another one. Pick your battles is one. Um, simplify, keep it simple. If you actually want to have a viable business, I think you have to keep it simple. If you look at the successful ones, um, like food trucks are a very successful business, generally speaking, and it's extremely hard, hot work, seasonally. Um, but I can tell you, they, they make more money than my little restaurant does because I, I just have too much going on. I just have too many things on the menu. I have, you know, more hours. I have um, more more downtimes, I guess, right? Like over the year than a, than a food truck would have. Um, so, so I, I would say, yeah, keep, keep it simple. <laughs> That's a big one. Petra. I love all these inspirational quotes with a touch of honesty at the end of each of them, like <laughs> brutally oh, yeah. honest, but I love I'm it. Really honest. Yeah. I don't know if that's <laughs> what you want, but. That, no, that's exactly what I want. And that's exactly what our listeners and other business owners need to hear. We need to hear the honest truth. You know what though? You, you have to love it. I mean, I, I can't, I used to be a, a very restless. I, I have too many interests in life and I cannot believe I'm still doing this 25 years down the road. Um, so yeah, when, when COVID hit, I thought either I close now um, or I completely shift gears and, and try to simplify and try to make things more efficient and go to, you know, what I was talking about before and be smarter, work smarter. And so that, that's what I'm trying to do now. Um, but still love it. And that's what I decided to do. I thought I'm still not ready to not do this. Yeah. That's <laughs> I good, love it. I just love it. I love, I do love people enjoying eating. It's just, I think your local customers and listeners are going to be happy to hear that Petra. She's in it for the long haul folks. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm going to have to go up to Petawawa and see what's going on though. I haven't been up there for years. Oh, we're, we're not booming like Carlton place, but we're growing. We are growing. Oh, that's great. Slowly, but surely. I just got my motorcycle license at the age of 53. So, um, my, my, yeah, isn't that weird? So no, not at all. Please tell me you went all out and got all the Harley clothing and everything too. Oh, no, no. I, I just have a little dual purpose bike. It's a 200 DR. Um, cause I really like going off on the small roads and the trails and stuff, but I wanted to be able to ride there, not trailer it over. So, um, here I am at 53 riding with my boyfriend who's been riding since he was 14, but places like Padua, like those are fun. If you get good weather, those are the, those are the fun places to go for like on a bike. So. Yeah, yeah. Come here and come for your own yep. tour. I'll yeah, show you around. Okay. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, Petra, this has been so much fun. Honestly, <laughs> this has been such a great conversation. You're a natural conversationalist. Like you were so easy to chat with. 
Oh, thank you. I probably talked too much. I'm sorry if we missed some of your, uh, your questions. No, no, this has honestly been perfect. This is exactly free flowing conversation, exactly what I wanted to do. But before we end Petra, I do have some fun rapid 10 questions. So those questions you don't know, a couple oh. trivia things in here, and we're going to plug a little bit more of your cafe. So are you ready? Sure. Okay, go. Okay. Guess the vendor, this organic and handcrafted tea offers super powders. Um, wow. I'm, I'm blanking out. This is terrible. Um, lemon lily tea. Yes, you got like, it. There you go. Geez, I was like, I could see the packaging. I'm like, wow, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Anyways, yes. How many cheesecakes of the day are there? Um, usually only one. Um, last week we actually had three at once. <laughs> oh, yum. There's never, never too many cheesecakes you can have. Okay. What's in the iced London fog? Um, we have an oolong chai concentrate, um, that we buy from Creel and Gambrel. And then we mix it with ice and your milk of your choice, which could be oat milk, soy, almond, or regular milk. Um, and, and that's it. It's absolutely delicious though. I, I like it better than the hot. Guess the vendor again. This company's premium popcorn is infused with wine and spirits. Um, eatables. Yes. <laughs> you got, you know what? Every time I do these guess the vendors, nobody ever stumbles or, or doesn't remember. Oh, I'm always well, impressed, especially guess- when you have so many. Do you plan on bringing back your deviled egg tasting combos? That's a good idea. I do once in a while have deviled eggs in the fridge, um, but I don't normally do the mix, but that, that was fun. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yes, I will do. <laughs> Bring them back. Okay. I will make a special trip out there just to, just to get okay. them. You just, you just message me and tell me and I'll be like, all right, let's go out to Carlton place. Okay, thanks. Which frozen meal can you not seem to keep in stock because it's so popular from the take-home freezer? Um, the Hungarian beef goulash, actually, (laughs) I have some customers that used to eat it, uh, for dinner. And if they know that I've got it, they will come and buy like four, four servings or something to put in their freezer. So, all right. So you plugged them earlier. So let's see if you remember this bread supplier celebrated their 25th anniversary back in April and has been providing the good food co with fresh bread since 1997. Let's plug them again. Who is it? Baker Bob's. Baker Bob's. Perfect. Um, all right. Another guess the vendor. I love, I love these guess the vendor games. Skip the Baileys in your coffee and add this local cream liqueur instead. Vodkow. And what is one local business, Petra, that you think everyone should know about? Um, surrounding memories. They're at 77 Bridge Street and they opened in 2005. Um, and Michelle started uh, picture framing. She's an artist herself, but she started framing. So she still has her framing business, but, but then she added all sorts of local vendors in, in the front. So she's got potters, she's got painters, she's got photographers. Um, she also does furniture paint and things like that. It's my favorite spot to go for gifts. So. Great shout out. I love when businesses support and plug up their businesses. That's what we're all about. Petra, <laughs> tell everybody where they can go check you out. Um, your social media pages, your website, and your actual uh, storefront location. 
Okay, um, so the Good Food Company is at 31 Bridge Street in Carlton Place in the old Matt Williams Pharmacy Building. Um, our webpage is goodfoodcompany.ca. Um, and we have Facebook and um, Twitter. So, sorry, Instagram. I get Twitter and Instagram mixed up. <laughs> Obviously, I don't do any of that. Um, one of my employees does Instagram for me once in a while. I'm not really involved. So she just tells me once in a while that she's doing it. And I'm like, that's great because I'm not. So <laughs> I'm not on Twitter. And not on Twitter. There we go. Yeah, I don't even know who, if anybody even uses Twitter anymore. Oh, I feel okay. like we've migrated right. over now to TikTok. That's that's the biggest one now that's getting all the yeah all the follows and the content. I can't keep up. Wow. I'm, I'm right there with you too, Petra. But, but yeah, the change, the changeable, the mutable part, parts of this, it's crazy. But I know a lot of my customers are on Facebook still. So everybody, thank you so, so much for listening to this week's episode of OB Boss Babes podcast. We also can be found on Facebook and Instagram and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, maybe you can still slide into Good Food Co's Instagram, but make sure to maybe give Petra a call or go stop in and see her in person yourself and tell her how much you enjoyed her episode and maybe one of her quotes that she plugged in there and, and how it inspired you. We'll be back next week with another local business in your community, so be sure to stay tuned. Petra, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Holly.